Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a good week. Of course, it's been another roller coaster of a ride, continuing to find out all of the things related to the scandal of it all. I mean, I feel like you can't escape it wherever you go. It's, you know, in the New York Times, it is on the ticker of CNN. I mean, it's absolutely wild the amount of people who don't watch the show who reached out to me to ask what was happening. <laughs> I mean, they even like went into it a little bit at my synagogue's Purim celebration, which hilariously, like Raquel definitely gives very Queen Vashti energy. Um, And it's really Ariana that's Queen Esther. Um, Anyways, it's just been crazy. And, you know, I hope everyone is sort of settling into the new normal on Vanderpump Rules and we can all, you know, catch our breath and, you know, realize it is just a show. It is these people's real lives, right? But for those of us who are fans of it, it really is just a show. I feel like we all spent so much time scrolling on Instagram and checking all of the news and being so angry and... I do talk about this in my conversation with Mary Payne today, but I feel like people are taking it upon themselves to try and go after Sandoval and Raquel for some sort of vigilante justice. And that's just, it's not what's needed. It's not what Ariana wants. Um, She's made that very clear through Kristen speaking as her mouthpiece a number of times. So I hope we can all just take a chill pill and let this all play out and be grateful that it's going to be caught on camera so that, you know, we can watch the story as it unfolds. Um, Of course, I haven't had a lot of time to go into Miami, but I do want to touch on it briefly. So, I mean, the last few episodes of the season were absolutely wild. It's crazy. Like you find moments where you really empathize with these these women. And then like in just the next moment, they'll do something that is just so shocking and hurtful. And they'll say they're doing it because they're coming from a place of hurt or they're uh, defending themselves or whatever it is. But they say some of the nastiest stuff. I mean... Adriana, when she said accidents happen, you know, like Frankie because of Frankie, that was just so inappropriate. And the fact that she couldn't figure out why it was inappropriate, like it took her a while, just shows that there is like a sensitivity chip missing with her. She wants people to show empathy towards herself, right? And be kind and, you know, listen to her and support her. But when it comes to other people, she doesn't always do the same. And I thought what she said to Marisol that, you know, your ex never loved you. I mean, that was really nasty too. It's sort of these like... I don't know, little comments that sometimes friends make, especially friends that aren't good friends, right? And you later grow up and learn to rid yourselves of these people. But like I had a friend who when we were in our early 20s, 
she was like, oh, you should wear these pants out tonight. You know, we were getting dressed. And I was like, oh, I don't think they'll fit me, but thank you. And she's like, oh, of course. No, they will. Like, they even fit my mom. And (laughs) it's like, okay, well, they don't fit me. Are you telling me that I'm like supposed to be thinner than your mom? Like, I don't know what that means, but it was like offering a piece of clothing that you know won't fit someone just so you feel like prettier and thinner. It's just a nasty thing to do. And I feel like when Adriana was talking to Marisol and saying, your ex reached out to me, he was really interested in me and he told me he never loved you. Like that's just cruel. It's cruel. And there's no excuse for doing that kind of stuff. Now, This does not mean that I am siding with Alexia and Marisol much at all. And, you know, once the reunion comes around, they look pretty foolish, especially Alexia. Um, But before we get to that, the scene of Nicole with her dad doing the family therapy was so fascinating because... It really, this is why therapy is so important is because it allows you to understand where someone's coming from and hear a perspective that you probably never could have imagined. And when her dad was telling her, you know, I wasn't always in your life growing up because I didn't want to hurt you, you know, it came from a place of love and wanting to protect her by staying away. That's something that she never would have thought of and something that you definitely don't understand as a little kid. And I thought it was really wonderful how she was able to get that from him. Um, But I do applaud her for having boundaries with her dad by saying, you know what, I'm not comfortable with your girlfriend and I would rather have a relationship with just us. You know, she's entitled to do that. And I don't think it makes sense for any of the other women to kind of weigh in. It's not their family dynamic and they didn't have to live with it. And when she said that she spent a month in the ICU as a child because she was run over by a car when he wasn't paying attention. I mean, that hurts. That is that is so awful. And I can only imagine what that did to her and why she's trying to protect herself now that she's an adult from him causing further pain in her life. So I thought Larsa needed to be quiet. You know, yeah, she wants to defend every 51 whatever year age gap. I don't know. But it really, it didn't, it didn't sit well with me when they're all like, you basically need to accept that this is your who your dad is. Like, if it was that easy, she would have done it already. Um, Okay, <laughs> I just can't stop laughing at how Larsa continues to deny that she has had work done on her body, her ass, whatever. I, it, maybe it's not technically a Brazilian butt lift, but her body is so different than what it was all those years ago when it's like a completely new human being. And so, of course, people are going to be curious about it. And the fact that she's not really sharing any of it, but I I don't know. She she lies so much. It's kind of getting funny at this point. I don't know, like how Mia lies. It's just you expect them to lie. You can't really believe what's coming out of their mouths. Now, Alexia was so annoying at the reunion. It was like she felt like she had to continuously defend herself, but that 
she that made it so that she couldn't be part of the conversation. Like she wasn't listening to what people were telling her and responding to that. She was just like defending each potential perceived insult and then hurling things back at people in a way that was just so nasty. And again, just because you were hurt by what someone says does not give you like a pass to hurt somebody else. Like, yes, Adriana, what she said was very hurtful to you. I understand that. But for then to you to hurt Lisa, like why are you... I don't know. You know, she's had quite a fall from grace. I think most of us who've been watching Miami since the beginning know that there are some things with Alexia that aren't so pretty. Most notably, I would say the man that she married um, and had two children with. uh, There's a lot on him. You know, he was part of a huge, huge, huge cartel, drug ring, running cocaine, I believe that he may have had an inappropriate sexual relationship with a minor. I don't know all the details on that. Um, It may have been rape. Like, I, I don't know, but there's not great things there. And then her oldest, Peter, has been involved in number, a number of skirmishes with law enforcement. He hit his girlfriend. I mean, it's all... And she comes up with excuses for every single thing that any one of these guys do. And you know, at some point, it's like, okay, I, I see you, right? I see what you're defending. And in your mind, you know, this kid could do no wrong. Um, what was really shitty, though, was when she brought up Adriana's, uh, the father of her son. I mean, he was, I believe, physically abusive towards her. And so, again, just because she was hurt by what Adriana told her does not mean that it she can, like, hurl something back. It was just, it's so nasty. And, again, she has all of these double standards that are just really annoying. And it does remind me of Teresa. But even Teresa, I feel like, has been less annoying this season, to me, at least. So all of the things about how you have to continuously apologize, but she doesn't have to apologize back, um, saying that self-confidence is so important, but not realizing that it's not the same thing as putting down other people. People. And in just the next minute, she's like, well, if you had thought that way to Lisa, like if you had thought that you were a star and had self-confidence, then you wouldn't have let Lenny treat you the way he did. It's just so mean. It's kicking someone when they're down. You know, yes, Lisa does need to have a certain level of self-confidence in order to not be in a dynamic like she was. But she entered that relationship when she was quite young. And he had all of the power, especially financially. So that the power imbalance made it impossible for her to kind of get up and leave. Plus, she really loved him and she loved the family and the life that they created together. So it's just not nice. And um, yeah, I'm excited that people are finally seeing that with Alexia because she often uses her story and the fact that she's been through a lot as an excuse sometimes um, for her behavior. And it's not. I feel like the number one thing that they all should learn is that just because you've been hurt doesn't mean you can hurt others. (laughs) Um, 
onto Summer House. Oh my goodness. I love Andrea. I'm so glad that he came back, even if it was just for one episode. It's so fun to watch him. He's he's hilarious and he brings a levity and a lightness to the show that I feel like we have really needed. It's been dark. And the episode started with Danielle and Kyle speaking. And this is the first time I felt like Kyle made any sense. He's like, this is a really tough position that I'm in, and I don't think I'm handling it well. Well, you said it. You took the words out of my mouth. You're in a tough position, and you're handling it very poorly. But what I would hope that he would do is take note of the fact that he's handling it poorly and maybe get resources on how to handle it better. Because what he's been doing, bad-mouthing his very close friend, saying things on television on record for the world to see that he cannot really take back is not it's not a good look and it doesn't bode well for their friendship no matter how many times he posts on Instagram that him and Carl are fine so oh my gosh then we've got Sam who talks too much and it was it broke my heart when Maya kind of pulled her aside and I think Maya was doing this because she wanted to let Sam know how she was likely to play out on camera. You know, they're filming a show and Sam won't stop talking and she takes up a lot of the air in the room and she just doesn't know. It almost is like she lacks the ability to step back. She knows she's doing it, but she can't stop. And I think we've all been in a position where we just keep talking when we know no one's paying attention. We just and we just continue. I know I've done that before. But you usually have like something in the pit of your stomach telling you like, okay, Mandy, like wrap it up. (laughs) You know, so um, I thought it was nice of Maya to, you know, try and say it. But the way that she said it was clearly still quite triggering for Sam. And I loved when her mom said, don't let anyone dim your light. Um, And it's clearly something that Sam has been working on. So, you know, we'll see how this unfolds. Then we've got Danielle and Kyle, you know, late night kind of having a conversation. And they're really able to relate to one another about how their friendship dynamics have changed with Lindsay and with Carl since Lindsay and Carl became a couple. And here's where I wish that like, I know it's weird for them. And I know it's very weird for Danielle. She used to date Carl. It was not like a short, nothing relationship. It was like six months or something like that. And, you know, maybe what, if I was in that position, I would be like, I'm so happy for you. I really don't want the dynamic in our friendship to change like so much. I'm going to miss you. I don't want to not be able to hang out with you. Um, so maybe she could say like, Hey, Lindsay, could we have some just like one-on-one friend time or Carl, can we have some one-on-one friend time where, you know, I'm not just hanging out with you as a couple when you make me feel like the third wheel, you know, but, um, instead they just, I don't know. Danielle seems to be handling it a little bit better than Kyle, but Kyle has this whole idea of how Lindsay is in Carl's ear and anything bad that Carl does, it's because Lindsay told him to. And when Amanda said that Carl was tainted by Lindsay at the taping of last year's Summer House reunion, like that was really nasty. And when she said he works for us, 
those aren't words that I would get over very easily if it was said about me or about someone that I love. And so I don't blame Lindsay for being upset and maybe not accepting the apology that Amanda threw out there because she acts all fine and nice, but then when, you know, (laughs) she's caught kind of on a hot mic, he works for us, he's tainted by her. Those are really harsh words that she doesn't ever seem to have the chutzpah to say, you know, in front of anyone when it actually mattered. She says it to her friends under her breath at a reunion, not even when they're sitting on the couch. And, you know, that's why Danielle called her out as being the least trustworthy person in the group. And I get that Amanda is going through a rough time, so she's quick to cry and run away and, you know, make this about everyone else. But the truth is she, I don't think, has ever really owned up, at least we haven't seen, maybe in her apology she did, to her behavior. And I feel like they just all need to get over the fact that like Carl and Lindsay are together and that Carl can make decisions for himself. And this idea that he's like under her control is beyond, beyond like misogynistic as if the woman is the one that's tainting you and controlling you. And if only we got rid of her, then you would be fun again. Ugh! it just, it pisses me off. It pisses me off to watch this whole thing go down. And when you watch Kyle and Carl in the lover boy offices, like having their chit chat, knowing that it is literally across the hall from Kyle and Amanda's apartment. Like this is the problem, right? It is their company. They have a big stake in whether or not it does well. Carl is just an employee. I think maybe he owns partial stake in it, but nowhere near what Kyle and Amanda own as a married couple. And so, of course, he doesn't want to spend 90 hours a week working for a company that he's not going to see at the end of it, like the same returns as they are. And, you know, if you are a celebrity, which they all are, You can get paid for your ads and for your time. You go do a club promotion and you get paid a certain amount, right? You post an ad on Instagram, you get paid a certain amount. But because Carl is promoting a product at the company where he works, he's not making any additional money doing all of these events and promotions. And they're very exhausting. I mean, he has to basically talk to hundreds and hundreds of people while they're drinking and he's sober and he's not getting paid for it like that is wild it's absolutely wild and if you know he and he leaves and he's no longer there we know that now but any other product that he would want to sell he would get paid for doing promotions and so I don't know I do see where he's coming from. And I'm so glad that he has Danielle and Lindsay saying, hey, this actually isn't right. Like you're being taken advantage of. Of course, Kyle's going to see it differently. He owes me for all the things that I did for him. And I gave him a job when he was unhirable. But I don't know, I guess don't do nice things for people if you expect something in return. It's actually and I 
I know I talk about Judaism a lot, but it, there's like levels of meets vote, which are um, good deeds. And, you know, giving anonymously, for example, is like a greater mitzvah than donating and getting your name in a plaque on a wall, for example. Um, but one of the greatest meets vote, possibly the greatest, is doing something for someone who could never repay you, uh, especially someone who is deceased, for example, um, sitting with their body once they've died um, and being with them until they are buried is something that is done in Judaism. And when um, my mom actually used to do it, um, so she would sit with bodies um, because in Judaism, you're not supposed to leave the body unattended while um, it before burial. But we usually bury within 48 hours. So it's not like so people take shifts sitting with the body. And when my mom died, you know, a lot of people volunteered to be with her and sit with her body. And it's you're supposed to accompany the soul is, is kind of what they they talk about. And like my dad asked the funeral home, you know, can you tell us the can you give me a list of everyone so we can send them like a thank you for doing this? And they said no. And the rabbi was like, oh, no, no, this is we don't tell you who did it. And you'll never know. And they said it's because, you know, they're doing this and it's something that they can never be repaid for. And it's the highest, like, meets vote. And I know this is, like, crazy to bring this back to Summer House. But, like, I always think about when I'm doing something that is either a good deed or something kind, right, whether it's for my friends or someone that I don't know very well, whether it's um, especially when there's a power imbalance, when I have more power, if I'm doing something, if I'm donating, if I'm giving money to someone who's unhoused, I'm the one with the money, I'm the one with housing, they're the one that isn't, there's such a power dynamic and imbalance there, like, you want to do things not expecting something in return. And I feel like a lot of what Kyle did for Carl, it was like, maybe he was expecting that, okay, because I did these things for you, you are now forever indebted to me. And I yield power over you. And I just think that's really shitty. And I hope that he is able to take in this season and the criticisms that he is receiving and make some changes to his life. Anyway, I've talked your <laughs> your heads up. I am so sorry. This week's podcast is so fun. I have a great conversation with Mary Payne Gilbert from the Pink Shade podcast. We talk everything Potomac, Jersey, and of course, Vanderpump Rules, spending a lot of time thinking about the Stasi and Kristen and Jacks of it all and what happens when you leave reality TV and if you do things to work on yourself and become a more emotionally intelligent and kinder human. Um, and it's just I couldn't get over how Stasi is like I listened to her podcast this week when she's talking about all of it, but she's trying to convince the audience listening that this kind of behavior isn't normal. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Girl, we know. <laughs> this is why we watch the show. This is why we watch it all because it's insane. It's not normal behavior. And the fact that she spent 
like her early adult years around people behaving in such an abnormal way and getting rewarded for the worst things that they do. I really do a lot of thinking about what that does to someone's mind. And I applaud her for trying to unlearn these, um, what she was kind of taught in reality TV. So anyways, if you guys enjoy the podcast, as always, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. You can always reach out to me on Instagram at Mandy Slutsker. We'll take a quick break and then back with Mary Payne Gilbert. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. We're here with one of my favorite people. She is host of the podcast Pink Shade. You all know her from just her hilarious recaps of basically every theme of reality TV I feel like we've ever seen. And I always like to talk to her about Bravo because that's what I watch. But she is just an encyclopedia of reality TV information, and she makes me laugh so hard. Everyone give it up for Mary Payne Gilbert. Hello. <laughs> what an intro, man. What an intro. All my years of studying reality TV has finally paid off. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like it's just been nuts. Like this last, you know, week or so has just been like so much news do people in your life who don't follow reality TV and don't follow Bravo, are they starting to reach out to you and be like, hey, I heard this thing? Yes. So my cousins, oh, no, I was in Mississippi when all this went down, you know, and then you and I had an emergency podcast, which got great ratings. So thank you with your all your knowledge. Um, uh I tell you, um, yeah, they're like, wait, what? This can't be true. So at first I sent them the podcast that we did. I was like, listen to this. Mandy knows a lot. And then they would send me screenshots. I was like, yep, true. Nope, not true. You know, um, I had to explain it today. I was recording with Katie of A Date with Dateline, the episode we do on Milf Manor. Sorry, Milf Manor. Uh, and I explained to her the whole thing because she does not do any social media at all. Okay. Like a like a like a fully formed human, and so she um, didn't know anything about it. But she knows all that. She knows the show. Like she knows the. She was like, "What?" I mean, she had no idea that it had happened. Like she's, yeah, yeah. Like she's been in a bunker. Like she had no idea. So I had to explain the whole thing to her again, like in like in bites, and she's like, "Okay, okay, no, what?" I mean, it was like, yeah. So yeah, people are people are still talking about it. Still, and they will be because because Vanderpump was just on Watch What Happens Live last night. I mean, mm, mm, mm. it mm. has been so wild the amount of people that have reached out to me that are trying to figure out what's going on. I've had people at work mention it who don't even watch the show. <laughs> They're like, I saw it was in the New York Times. <laughs> Can you believe? Oh my gosh. So before we get into Vanderpump Rules and all of that, I mm -hmm. want to spend a little time on Housewives, which is, you know, really what this podcast is primarily about. So okay. 
I wanted to start with the Real Housewives of Potomac. The season is over. We had our, you know, part three of the reunion. I feel like because we were so wrapped up in the scandal of it all that Mm -hmm. nothing kind of landed as like shocking or interesting. I feel like half the time I was on my phone reading news about what was going on with Vanderpump Rules rather than watching. But Mm -hmm. normally I love Potomac. What were your thoughts kind of on part three of the reunion, but also just the feeling this season? Well, I told you right as we logged on, I was like, I was trying to remember what I missed. And I I think I watched every minute of the third part of the reunion, but I think that I must have missed it because I was on my phone. I mean, I really honestly, but because so I missed the whole, I know Jacqueline and me, I got out their receipts and I didn't like that. I don't like any of that with them. And the tearing apart of their relationship just because, you know, I mean, Jacqueline's family took in Mia as a foster child. Yeah. And they've been so close all these years. And to have it all blow up because of a TV show is awful. And I didn't, I, I don't like how Giselle will just say things like to Wendy, like, I don't like her. I'm like, okay, I don't like that either. Um, Like, who do we have still standing that are friends here? Just Robin and Giselle, the Green Eyed Bandits? Because everybody else seems Candace to hate each other. was friends with Wendy. Candace yeah. was also friends with Karen. Candace was friends with Robin, but the whole fallout of Robin not sharing her actual life on camera really jolted Candace. She sure did. is showing her real life on camera and feels like they're all coming up with fake storylines about her husband because they don't want to talk about what's actually going on in their lives. And that would piss me off, too. Yeah, I think that this happens a lot on the show and a lot of behind the scenes or off season where there will be an argument about, you know, I know that it happened on Dallas with um, uh, Stephanie and Brandy about somebody got a endorsement deal or, a you know, got to go to do a promo for something and probably got $10,000 and didn't invite the other one. So I think a lot of this kind of stuff that we see with them is like, hey, we're, we're going to either all be transparent or we're all going to be fake. It seems like on Beverly Hills, for example, they've all decided to be fake. You know, they've mm-hmm. all like agreed. But on Potomac, I think they've all, I think they, you know, meet before the season and, and discuss what's going to happen. And they, hey, don't bring up this. Don't bring up that. And that was something that, um, was it Wendy or it was Ashley? Somebody brought it up to Giselle. Maybe it was Candace. It said, you don't bring up anything like this until the cameras are rolling. Right, Candace. With husbands, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting point, right? Because it's like, how much of it do we deserve to know? And how much should they keep? But if they make a decision to keep something, they better all agree to keep it. Because once one person lets it out, then it looks like it's a, you know, five against one. Conspiracy, right? Conspiracy, yeah. And I do believe that they met before the season and were like, we're going to go after Chris Bassett. Like, I just feel like they did that because then you had Mia saying stuff that was clearly not true. You had, you know, Ashley saying stuff, like everyone was saying stuff. And I, the reason I think Candace was so pissed and the the way the audience was so pissed is because they were going after something that never happened rather than talking about what actually was going on. And that's as a viewer, it just sucks. I want to know what's happening with Giselle. I feel like she's fake as hell. She won't tell us anything about her actual life. The only Mm -hmm. scenes that we get from her are with her girls where they're making fun of her. We know nothing Mm -hmm. about her love life. We know nothing about how she's actually 
responded to her divorce. Like, I feel like we see this outsized reaction of being uncomfortable in a room with a married man, but she's Mm -mm. not explaining where that comes from, right? She's not telling us all the details that I think, you know, yeah, season one, she talked a little bit more about Jamal. And then was it last season or two seasons ago, she like started dating him again. But like none of that seemed real. Like I want to see the real stuff. And I don't like, is she just fake as a person and there's nothing there? Or does she just not want to share anything? I think she just, and I, I, I love to look at Giselle. I think she's so beautiful. So I don't know if she just wants to be on the show and be famous and be witty and, you know, get her one liners and be entertaining, but she doesn't want to, she doesn't want anybody to really know anything, right? Like I'll give like today, my friend Mary sent me a text of uh, Giselle's daughters on the lacrosse field because they, their lacrosse was playing my friend's uh, school, you know, whatever, one of those Catholic schools, their lacrosse teams. And now she was like, oh yeah, she's here. Da, 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 you know, and there she is like in mom mode. And I was like, we don't ever see that. You know, right. we don't ever see her like throw on her tennis shoes and go like, go to a lacrosse game or, you know, this is like her real life, you know? Is, is being a mom and having these kids and we don't see it. And then, you know, there's this guy from Summer House, Winter House. You know, I don't watch those houses. So whoever <laughs> that guy is. And when Annie said, do you think we, if you're still dating him, will we see him on the show? And she's like, maybe. I was like, no, the answer is yes. Answer I'll bring is him yes. around. He's also yeah. super thirsty to be famous, mm. I think. I don't, he seems like an actually genuine nice guy. But mm. I didn't like a couple of the way that he handled. So he's the one that got Lindsay Hubbard pregnant and she had a miscarriage. And... She told the story of her miscarriage on the season, and he Uh felt that, like, she didn't give him enough of a heads up that it was going to make the news, because apparently he didn't tell any of his family. Okay. And I just feel like you don't put the onus on her. Like, you knew it was being filmed. The two of you filmed together. They cut the the scene that you were in, and they Mm -hmm. just showed her, and you're no longer together. So she's supposed to hold your hand throughout this when it was something right. that happened to her mm-hmm. and her body. Like, I get it happened to you, too. But so I didn't like that and how that kind of went down. So it made mm-hmm. my antenna kind of go up with maybe he's not as genuine as he mm-hmm. has been showing himself to be. Like, maybe there's something off there where he he said he didn't get to tell his side. They didn't reach out to him for a quote. It's kind okay. of like. You're reading an article about an ex of yours that had a miscarriage, and Mm -hmm. you want to give a quote? Right. Sorry. The whole thing. I just really didn't like the way that that went down. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, uh, well, so maybe between now and when they're filming again or whatever, he won't be around. No, maybe Um, he will be, but I don't know if they're actually hooking up or if they're doing this to get attention to like be seen together like that's what I don't understand with her I am just I'm kind of floored because she just hasn't shown us so much and the thing is is Karen is the same Mm. way Karen wants to show up and Mm -hmm. be funny and give her one-liners and not show her real life yet Karen entertains us And there's something about her and her businesses and her marriage and everything that is just so wildly entertaining. And Mm -hmm. I don't get as pissed at her 
because she isn't leaving crumbs everywhere the way like Juan and Robin are. She, we don't actually know anything about this blue eyes guy. We don't really know. It's all of them who know. But like, I've heard stuff about Juan just living in the area, but I've never heard things about Karen. So. Yeah, I think whatever Karen has done, she has kept, it's been messy and she's kept it under wraps. And that's why she doesn't want Sharice on the show. I mean, really, I really do think that. I do think that, you know, what, what Sharice said is true and everything is that Sharice did get the group together to start this Real Housewife show. And then she just wasn't as entertaining as the rest of them. Her and her hoverboard, Shasha. And <laughs> she, um, they replaced her. I mean, that's just that. It just couldn't be more cut and dry than that. So Sharice probably has a a grudge against Karen on that because she's probably like, this lady's messy as hell and nobody ever calls her out for it. Why not? And I got kicked off, you know? Yeah. I, I don't. But I it's because she's entertaining and you're not. Like some people yeah. are better. Like Giselle is entertaining, which is why she's made it through all of these seasons without actually sharing anything. Is because mm-hmm. she entertains us. Now it's getting past the point of entertainment, and it's like, okay, now it seems like you're being vindictive. You're being mean. You're calling out this guy, and you're saying he did something, but the only thing he did was make you feel a certain way, right? Right. He didn't actually do anything. And I don't know. I I really agreed with what Candace was saying to her. But how she said it, I feel like, turns off so many people, including like the uh, people in the audience who really are on her side. It's – Yeah. I do think it matters how you, it, like, articulate yourself. And she uh-huh. just does it in such a mean and stinging way that it yes. actually takes out what she was really trying to say. When she said it the second time after Wendy intervened and she said your proximity to whiteness and how light your skin is, people are more likely to believe you when you come forward about mm-hmm. sexual assault. Someone who looks like me, people don't always believe people that look like me. And mm-hmm. so then you come forward and you say something that's not true And you kind of allude to the fact that there was some, like, misdeed that happened. And it Mm -hmm. didn't. And it messes with people who actually are victims of sexual assault. Right? Right. I can agree with all that. And I think Andy had a great point to Giselle when she was saying, this is how I felt. And then he said, well, you know, Wendy said, this is how she felt when she got this drink thrown in her face. So it's the same thing. You may not agree with it. And Candace may not agree with you, but you can't argue with the fact that that is how you felt when you were with Chris Bassett in that room. And that is how Wendy felt when she got the drink thrown on her. And then that's when Giselle's like, but I don't like her. And he was like, that doesn't hold up that it doesn't matter that you don't like her. It's still the same. You felt a certain way. He didn't necessarily do anything. And then Wendy felt a certain way. She didn't get punched in the face, but she felt a certain way. So I liked that Andy made that point. And when she was like, well, I don't like her. And everybody's like, oh, come on. I don't know. I hate, I would hate to see them let Giselle go because I think she is such a staple. And, I, you know, you hear all these cries of let Robin go because she doesn't, you know, bring anything either. Um, I don't know what would happen if they, if they let them go. But back to the, the Chris Bassett thing, I feel like, Ashley's friend, when they show those clips, I felt like she was trying to bait him, trying to get him to flirt with her. 
Yeah. And he was like, yeah, Chris is a common name. Yeah. Yeah. And then like Mia said, he was looking her up and down and they show him like Chris not looking and looking to the other side. I felt like if they kind of planned it, they were doing things to try to bait him a little bit to make him do something that would look bad. And it just didn't work because he didn't fall for it. You know? Yeah. It The whole thing is sad, honestly, when Candace really spoke to Ashley like from her heart when they were in Mexico. And she says, I really pray that eventually one day you get into a relationship where you don't have to dig on that person. And you just know it's not true because Mm -hmm. you trust them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if any of the other women on the cast besides Wendy have Mm -hmm. ever been in the kind of relationship where they can truly trust the other person. Yeah, I mean, you may argue Karen is in that kind of relationship, but I don't think Ray trusts her. Yeah, like there, something's off with that, right? There's and maybe they have an agreement. There. And maybe they have an agreement. And also, I got to be honest, I'm not totally sure Juan and Robin don't have an agreement. And like, they, you know, with they when, Ashley Darby, when Ashley Darby came out with it, it was like, yeah, sometimes we do this and that. And once we had kids, I didn't want to do it anymore. Her being so honest about it makes it like, okay. Well, then yeah. we're not going to like talk about it and gossip about it anymore because they have an understanding and it's that at that point, it's none of our business, you know? Yeah. I don't know where we but, go from here, but I feel like people are getting a little too comfortable on the show. And by people, mm. I mean Giselle and Robin thinking they mm-hmm. can do and say whatever they want and they can show as much or as little as they want and they can put things behind a paywall. And I feel like they need to be taught a lesson so that they show up in the way that they are supposed to, the way mm-hmm. that... You know, they demoted Luann one season, like something Mm -hmm. like that. And they need to be the duo of them is actually toxic for the group because it doesn't allow Robin to have her individual relationships and Giselle to have her like it's like they always have to be on the same team and it's frustrating and annoying and it's not fun to watch. So to get back to a good group dynamic, I do think like one of them needs to be demoted. Mm. And not co- go on a trip. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. All right. One of them needs to have their leg broken right before a trip and can't go. <laughs> nope. That won't stop them. I think we've seen Giselle had a broken leg on that one trip and they put her on like that third floor with no bathroom. Uh, what was that trip? I can't remember. Oh, my God. It was like at the Chesapeake. Like, it, it, yes. was, it was not anywhere fancy no, to go. It was, but. it was within an hour driving distance. Yeah. Oh, mm. my gosh. <laughs> Any kind of final thoughts on Potomac? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard that they're filming yet or anything. So I wonder if they are going to take a little uh, a breather because usually, you know, they start filming pretty soon. But I guess I haven't heard it. But my ear's not to the ground like yours is. Well, Peak Bloom is coming up March 22nd through the 28th. So I'll wonder if there'll be some scene. I know at least those cameras will be getting their B-roll for the Oh, my God. This season <laughs> with right. cherry blossoms were everywhere. Like, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um, okay. Want to jump into Jersey. Got to okay. get your thoughts on these new women. Because I feel like we've gone four seasons with the exact same cast. And all of the sudden, there are three new women. One is a friend of, but she's in every episode. So we've got Jen Fessler. We've got mm-hmm. Rachel Fuda. Is that it? Fuda. Yeah. And Danielle Cabral. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on each of these women. Okay. I'm digging them. 
I'm digging them. I, I love the the Jersey delicious of uh, Danielle. Uh, she I like that she just embraces it. The Barbie party, whack, complete whack. I was like, this is a three year old or whatnot, and um, this is what we need in our housewives. So she's she's bringing it. She's bringing it right out the gate. I like it. I like her. Um, then we've got um, Rachel Fuda, and um, listen. I, you know, wasn't going to mention her bad nose job, but uh, Jen I Aiden didn't did. notice it till someone else pointed it out. I was like, she had a nose job. <laughs> oh my god, the two <laughs> of them have the same nose, and it looks like. Um, I'll send you a. I made something for the internet, like for social media, and I sent it to my producer Ingrid. I was like, "Can I post this?" She was like, "Nope." Um, <laughs> it, she said, "Wait, wait a few weeks." Now I think I could post it because now it's been brought up that they have the same nose. And it looks like, you remember that um, Steve Martin poster from Roxanne, the movie where he's doing like this and his nose is all the way out like that? Oh, it does. It kind of like goes like out yeah. and up. It's like a ski jump. Yeah. Right? It's like shook. So I can understand. And this upsets me too, because I think that a lot of them are trying to get rid of what they consider to be more like a, a Italian nose, nose <laughs> ethnic nose. And like, it, it made me sad when... Um, Naomi did it on Southern Charm. She went that exact route with the chunk at the bottom, you know, with that little Cindy Lou Who, who was just barely two nose, right? Uh, and it's just like, why? You know, like think about Sonia Morgan. She's got, I think she's had like her bump removed in her nose, but she's kept that like regal Roman nose. Mm-hmm. So I think that when you start getting into, I can name three people that have the exact name nose, same nose, it's not good. But Okay, so that's not what you asked me. So Rachel, <laughs> it's hard to talk about her without talking about her nose and her face. I know. I'm trying to like make sense of it because in the lighting, sometimes you can't quite tell the dimensions. It like it's almost like it looks like her nose is face tuned to like mm-hmm. you, where you can't see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, did she say this week or last week that they have? full custody of that teenage son yes but we didn't get the information why so there's a story there that the son's mother has some things to work through okay so you know she's she's lived through some stuff right she's got this husband and little kids and then this teenager extra bonus child that they have full custody of i find her i find her interesting and as for Jen Fessler, well, she really brought it this week when she had the people to her house. It was like, everybody shut up. I have neighbors. But she said, I have neighbors. And Teresa said, I have acres. Like, that's not. No, she didn't say I have acres. Teresa's no, no, like, she, I have she six was acres. Like, I'm not like Teresa. I have neighbors. And then Teresa's like, oh, I have six acres. Oh, How, I and then she, Jen was like, was just yeah, saying, I don't. I thought she was just saying, everybody shut up. I have neighbors. And I thought Teresa heard, I have acres. And then Teresa was like, I also have acres. No, no, no. She specifically I mentioned don't. Teresa's house. What kicked off that Jen Aiden, Margaret, and her floppy hat fight? What I, I mean, thinking back, because I was rewatching it right before we came they on. They were like, like making it off? little digs. Like, I think Margaret was making little digs at mm. Jennifer. And then Jennifer started making digs back. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And I'm not used to seeing Margaret this activated. And I want her to chill out a little bit. Because I like it better when she does a one-liner and goes, your husband's in the pool yeah, and walks away. That's way better. Yeah. But when she gets so worked up and it gets so mean... You know, because yeah. she does make good points against Jennifer when she's like, Jennifer, you're, you know, I don't know if she said this, but like your internalized misogyny 
is like <laughs> yeah. reeks. It comes out. You blame the woman for everything. You know, all of yep. those things I agree with when she says them. But then when she attacks her family, when she attacks the marriage, like something that, you know, at least Jen has been very open and honest about. Like, come on. It's 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 dark. Like, you don't need yeah. to attack it. It's already down. Yeah. And then it's like, you wish you had my good marriage. Well, you wish you were a good mom. And it's just back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, I would be the whoever it was. I think it was uh, maybe it was Melissa across the table, just like putting the napkin above your face. Like, I hate this. I hate this conflict. I don't want to. Uh, yeah. And I don't know how these two are ever going to get along. Also, did you notice in Jen Aiden's confessional that we saw this week, her hair is like so big and fluffy. Yeah. And it's pretty sleek or pretty tame. But I was like, what happened? So I, I think really that's her, her a- real hair. And I feel like she gets it pressed. Right. But this was like a, um, it was an homage it, to like it was, her actual voluptuous straight, hair. Yeah. It was straight hair. It was just really a lot of volume, like a lot of like teasing underneath. <laughs> and I was, I, I, every time these things happen on the show, I'm like, really, I, I forget what they're saying because I'm staring so hard trying to figure out like, what is this confessional look? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. I just felt like, why are we having the same fights over and over? And can you guys just like find new ways to talk? Because I actually was really interested watching Melissa and Jen Jennifer meet. Like those are two people I don't think we've ever seen be alone together. Mm-hmm. Yet, as soon as it was over, Melissa goes and gabs and says everything that Jennifer says, which is like, I get Melissa's trying to do a job, but she's not interesting enough on her own. So the only way that she can stay part of the show is to just gossip about everyone. I might be the only person in the world that really likes Melissa. No, I don't think she's a bad person or like, I don't like her. I just don't find her as watchable. Mm. I do because again, I guess I'm so like shallow because I'm like, oh, she's so pretty. Look at her pretty <laughs> clothes and her nice body and her little bikinis. Like I maybe I'm just shallow. I um I, I think that the Teresa Joe stuff is endlessly interesting because it is such a real family situation. And they have they are torn apart by Melissa and Joe coming on the show. Or whoever side you believe, however it happened, that's what caused it. And it's like the two of them can't sit with a therapist and work it out. Like, why not? Like, why not? Why not? They don't believe in therapy. They're all so backwards. They're all like, this is how we do it. This we're old school. We're as as if that's like some sort of reason not to adapt to things that actually work, like evidence-based anything. It's so crazy to me that that and the thing is, to tell you the truth, when it comes to Joe Gorga. I don't believe he wants to fix it. I think he thrives on being angry. I think he's very comfortable being angry. And he shows his anger all the time. But when it Mm -hmm. comes time to actually calm down and work through things, he's like, I don't want to talk about it. It's like, no, come on. Come on, just fix it. Isn't it worth it for your dead parents and their their memory? Isn't it worth Mm -hmm. it? But he's always the one that refuses to fix it. I don't blame Melissa. I blame him. Totally. I blame him. And I think Melissa really is put in the middle. Mm -hmm. And I think that she's going on what she hears from her husband. And then maybe it's not always totally accurate. And she's not always getting Teresa's side. And they're always kind of coming at each other with just like a little bit of like, we're going to fight. Are we not going to fight? Are we going to enjoy each other? And it's, it's, it's too bad and it's sad. And I think, you know, Dolores said, I watch what happens live. You know, maybe it's time for them just to 
go Hang their it up. own ways. You yeah. know how when you have an argument with someone and it like completely shifts how you think about them so that any time yeah. moving forward, you have these assumptions where they may actually be making you a compliment, but you like think that there's something, that there's a dig in there somewhere. Like you totally. go looking for it. The two of them, like Melissa or not, well, Melissa and Joe and Teresa, like they're looking for the worst in each other. And so mm-hmm. they're finding the worst. And they're not able to get to a place where they let go and try to rebuild again. But I, okay, so this is that's like a, a great point. That's a little a great point. bit of a segue yeah. into Vanderpump rules, and okay. we can go back and forth. But honestly, after, so I listened to Stasi's podcast. Me too. And the thing that I took from it, because I don't actually listen to her podcast regularly. I don't, I don't, so I don't it was how her view of the world was mm-hmm. off while she was on the show. And mm-hmm. she didn't know what was normal or acceptable human behavior. And right. then when she got off the show to protect herself, she stepped away from Vanderpump Rules and she did a lot of work on herself and therapy and all kinds of things. And she had to tell the audience listening, this isn't normal. People don't cheat on their partners like this with their best friend. Like, this mm-hmm. isn't a common thing. And it's like, Dude, we all know. <laughs> right. What. But she's just she's just learning it. She's, she's just learning just it. Just learning yeah. it. And then, you know, also the thing that stuck with me that she said was how she went so crazy after everything came to light with Jackson Kristen because she really trusted Kristen. And mm-hmm. like taking the trust of a very close friend away where it it she said it actually me- like messes up your whole world view where you actually yeah. feel like you can't trust anybody. Right. And right. and I feel like Teresa being on the show for so long and Melissa and Joe actually have such a tainted view of what is normal or mm-hmm. healthy behavior that they yeah. actually don't even know where to start. And I think they could fix it if they got off the show, took some space, and then worked it out in therapy. But like, I agree. no one's ever going to walk away from that show willingly. No. And that, yeah, Stassi's podcast was interesting talking about this because she was saying like, I never talk about the show on my podcast. I don't ever like post, you know, I don't want it for clicks. She's like, but I felt like I had to address this. And then I thought it was just interesting. She's like, oh, people are all like team Ariana as if there's another team. She was like, there's, there's, you don't have to be, there's just one team. There's no need to say the word team. You know, and she's just like, I, I really, it was very interesting what she was saying about, you know, Sandoval. She was like, yeah, she was like, I would believe this was something he would cook up for ratings or whatever, but it puts him in a bad light and he'll never do anything that puts him in a bad light. And then she also said, um, because Taylor said, do you think that um, they will re-edit? And now I wondered that a lot about like Salt Lake City or, you know, think like you wonder, like when something happens in the middle of the season, will they re-edit it to jigger it around Beverly Hills with the Kathy Hilton thing? And they say, yeah, they will. Saucy goes, I could say that. I don't think it's giving away a secret, but they will absolutely be re-editing it to put, like, I don't think they had time to do it for the episode we just saw this past week on Wednesday, but I, for sure, they're going to, because just watching the one that just aired, you're like, 
like over and over. And then the clips for next week where Raquel's like, oh, I don't care. She doesn't have a relationship. Who cares about her? Like, just like she didn't have a man for me to try to fuck, you know, like it's not looking good. It's not looking good. But I so then I also listened to Kristen's podcast and that's something I've never listened to. Didn't know she had one. And is she an Essie Cup on? who I actually Ooh, really enjoy mm-hmm. as a like political commentator. But yeah, it it's so fascinating the work that both Kristen and Stasi have done on themselves, not the anti-racism stuff cuz I can't speak to that and I don't know what they've done in that arena, but they work they've done to build like healthy relationships and friendships in their life. Mm-hmm. Does seem to be real. And Kristen talked about how she was so he okay here's the the deal so i was wrong about a few things that i said last week including on oh. your podcast okay i said i was pretty sure that schwartz knew most of the time and according to Kristen, schwartz found out only a month ago and was like you gotta tell ariana you gotta tell her now like otherwise uh-huh. this is gonna blow up like you just have to come clean and Sandoval didn't listen to him, and Schwartz was, like, very disappointed in Sandoval. Mm-hmm. So I got that wrong. But what actually happened was Kristen, Doty, and her boyfriend were at Tom's concert with Tom and Ariana the night that everything blew up. Okay. And I've also heard that the people that had the Vaderpump, Vaderpump Rules Party podcast, they were there they as well. They were there, too. So. Yeah. Kristen is friends with Ariana, like actively friends. Mm -hmm. And so she was saying that like, yeah, it's just she has been going to their house and she has spoken to Tom when no one else wanted to speak to him. How he Mm -hmm. would like come in the door, not give a heads up. A different friend of theirs said, if you could just give Ariana a couple hours notice before you come to the house so she can gather her things and leave. Mm -hmm. And he won't do that. And then, you know, Kristen was like, listen, I understand this is your place too, but like, I think it would be beneficial if we figured out a way the next few weeks that you don't have to come in contact with each other. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, I live here, like I can come if I want to, right? And just being a jerk. And she's like, okay. But she's just saying how she's done so much work on her anger and herself that she was able to like be calm in that scenario where all the other women that were downstairs supporting Ariana were like so mad and wanted to scream at him. She's like, no, no, no. Let me just talk to him. Let's see where his head's at. Mm -hmm. You know, let's see what he's thinking. Maybe we can get him towards an understanding of where they both let each other know when they're going to be home and, you know, that kind of a thing. And then Kristen came downstairs and she told everyone else, you know, legally, this is his home also. And the law doesn't say he has to leave. And so we need to respect um, what the law is, which is that this is both of their home and they're going to have to figure something out. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I was like, she has really matured. And I feel like I'm seeing it from her and Stassi. And granted, I have not spent a lot of time like following everything that's going on in either of their lives. Right. But being on the show seems to blunt maturity and Mm -hmm. make people like almost permanently off. (laughs) I don't know. You think about you think about somebody like Jacqueline Lorita, right? she's mm-hmm. she's been off the show and every time you see any interview or anything with her she seems like like normal same with like dina 
right? Mm-hmm. Like people that have been off the show, whether they chose or whether they got fired or whatever. And I would I would submit two T's in a pod to show that Teddy Mellicamp is much more likable off the show. And she has said, like, you know, being in that reality and you're always so hyper aware of every conversation you have with everybody's going to let you know, and it's hard to live like that. And I think that with the Saucy and Kristen thing, their take on it is is fascinating because like Stassi said, you know, when you're on these shows, you have no EQ, you know, emotional IQ. Yes. You have no, you don't understand that everything doesn't revolve around you because you've got people constantly asking your opinion or getting you to talk or talk about yourself or, you know, and, and when you don't live like that, it's hard to, you know, she was like, it's so triggering for me to like put myself back in that situation. But these are people's real lives. And like she was saying, like, in what I've discovered is in like what you said, in life, people don't just cheat all the time and do these horrible things to their friends and their spouses all the time. It just doesn't happen in real life. You know, it's 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 interesting because she was, you know, in her 20s when she went on that show and she was 21 when she kind of came into that friend group, you know, and everyone Very was much older young. than her. And, and she's like, everything doesn't have to be volatile and fighting and throwing shit on the lawn and it is interesting, too, because when she and Bo were on for those two seasons, they were on together. And he would always talk about, like, dark passenger and, like, you're going to that dark place. And she was like, and the reason I did was because, like, what you're saying about, like, uh, being on the show makes you trust no one. So she has to assume she can't trust him either. You know, so being off the show, you know, she's like, I've never been so grateful to be fired from a job in my life. To make yeah. her like a fully formed, formed human now. And I guess you're saying Kristen is the same. I'll be interested. To, I'll listen. I don't to know if Kristen. she's as like evolved. Like Stasi has made it quite a point to not be involved in the show. She does not like she doesn't maintain friendships with a number of people in the show because they are toxic to be around. And she mm-hmm. like wants to be around like healthy, mature mm-hmm. adults. And and not all of them fit that criteria. And it's but it's wild to see someone make that realization three years later that everything like that. I was actually emotionally unintelligent and I couldn't fix that part of myself until I left. Yeah, it's interesting. Like the speaking of people off the show, Jax, you know, he's tweeting a lot. I was right. I'm the number one guy in the group. See, you watch what happens live. I was like. Nobody I don't think he's done the work on himself. Yeah, I think he's he's always who he was. And I don't I don't think you're necessarily right if you're right 10 years later. But I think that it is, you know, people are like, it's interesting of those couples that Jackson and Brittany are the only ones still together. And I was like, well, they were together for less time total, number one. And number two, like there's, I, I, you know, I, I don't. There's no scrutiny of the show. I mean, Stassi yeah. and Bo are together. Like the people who were fired <laughs> have a better like family home life because yeah. they don't have cameras like constantly and people rewarding them for poor behavior. I think Stasi totally the biggest takeaway I get from Stasi is that she was like, you are it's almost like Pavlovian. Like you are mm-hmm. rewarded every time you do something terrible to the point right. that it becomes second nature because you're constantly craving those rewards and that attention, even if it's negative attention, mm-hmm. like it's something. And then all of a sudden you, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, like you get in big trouble, like something blows up and it's no longer okay to be acting poorly and Mm -hmm. I mean racist in this case you know it's like oh 
but she was trained that way. I mean, all Ooh. of them. I think the race part is kind of different because you can be a terrible human and not be racist. Sure. <laughs> you know, like we've seen Sheena's yeah, behavior, yeah. you know, like <laughs> she doesn't give me that those vibes. But yeah, it's just an insane kind of experiment to see the people who've left the shows and gone on to lead relatively like healthy lives and have healthy emotional relationships and the people mm-hmm. on the shows who are trying desperately but for whom like toxicity just continues to permeate mm-hmm. yeah 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 this was a good episode of Vanderpump Rules you're watching it with a whole new eye and we see this whole and, and then um Oliver's wife came out and was like yeah we were not separated he's was fully my husband you know and he's now, the saddest thing is, is that, you know, our children and stepchildren will have to see on TV him just fully making out with this girl and saying we were separated when we weren't and sitting there flirting with all of them. And it was it was rough. It was rough. Yeah. What's interesting about when people file for a divorce, and I think I said this last week, is seeing what date they give of the separation, because mm-hmm. routinely it is two different dates. Like one yeah. person will have been like, it's over this day. And then the other person will be like, no, we were still together. We were just in a huge fight, you know? Mm-hmm. And I I feel like this could be one of those scenarios because he was pretty clear that he was separated from her. And Lisa Vanderpump was like, no, he's separated. He's not with her. So he was telling people that whether or not that was a lie or, right. or not, you know, who knows. But watching Raquel go after him was such mm-hmm. a creepy thing. It was. It was creepy and, yeah. I mean, it was it's like, not, okay, yeah. so Lala, like, I would never want to go after someone you were interested in. Bullshit. This girl yeah. does not care. She will drink and she will flirt and she will make her way to put right to your ex-husband. Bambi eyes all the way, all <laughs> yeah. the way. And it was also weird that Lala was like, well, I would have won. Like, it's not a competition. What the hell was wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, well, I think, I think Lala's right in this case. I think that, you know, if she would have really been interested, then she could have won that battle. I think that I just do. But uh, that's just my opinion. Again, um, I'm biased to Lala because she's so pretty to look at. But I will say that Lala putting out those sweatshirts, Call Daryl. Oh my God. Those that was funny. That's funny. And I really went and I was like, I'm gonna get one. But it's uh only sweatshirts and I just can't because I'm hot. Um but if she had it in t shirts called Daryl, I would get a t shirt. Speaking of t shirts funny. I got one of the shirts from the uh Katie Maloney and Ariana Madex shop, the um something about her t shirts. I got the one with like there's like flowers and like a knife and it says yeah. something about her. I saw those and I thought, should I get one to support them? Maybe I should. I was like, oh, could always use I think Stassi post. I think Stassi posted it on her Instagram and that's where I clicked through to it. I yeah, saw right. it on Katie's and then Katie's mom responded to me. And Ooh. yeah, Katie's mom follows me. I don't know why. <laughs> and oh. then we got to see her last night. Yeah. You know, actually standing up for her daughter and telling Raquel like, yeah, she's not showing you the, uh, how much pain she's in, but this is a very painful experience for Katie. Yeah, they were together and, 12 years. Back oh up. Oh, my God. Yeah, 
And the fact that Katie is like sitting there with Christina Kelly, like, yeah, or no, it was Charlie. She was saying it too. And she was like, yeah, you know, it's just like, because Sheena is purposefully doing this and Raquel is just so like dumb and wide eyed. She doesn't know. So that's why I'm not mad at Raquel. And you're like, this is not going to age well. None of this is going to age well. And the Ariana and Tom and the dog dying and, and oh. Ariana saying, I, Tom, the dog was there way before Tom. The dog is 18 years old. And when she got in the car and goes, something the vet, and he goes, oh, you want to go right to the vet? And she goes, yes, Tom, I would like to go right to the vet. I was like, oh. He, and he's like, He, like, oh, doesn't okay. get it. Like He didn't get it. The, he, the dog is dying. And yes, that's where she wants to there's go. There's a couple times on the show where he lets it slip that his emotional intelligence is lacking because yeah. he's shown the the thus we've seen on the show that he's more emotionally intelligent than like the other men that we've seen right so we've right. thought he was actually in a level above maybe he's mm-hmm. not we've seen this we've seen her talk about losing her dad and him not showing like proper regular human empathy i mean but this is like come on she flew home early from a girl's trip she was barely there. Where did you yeah. think that you were going to take her? Right. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, I got I to gotta watch out for her. You know, that's my girl. I mean, and people across the world were throwing the remotes at the television like, ah, fuck off. Like, oh, my God, this guy. This season. Oh, my God. I got to tell you what, though, for people that, you know, like when I talked to Katie of a date with Dateline, and I was giving her the whole thing. She was like, well, I'm not even caught up. I think I only watched the now I got to catch up. I only watched the first episode. It is going to do great things for the ratings. I mean, it is n- not for nothing. Yeah. I just wonder, can Ariana truly heal on camera? And the thing is, is like, I don't know, maybe she can. She does seem to be more with it emotionally than yeah. like she's, she's in touch she's, with who she is as a person. Yeah. She's not like the Sheena's of the world who's out there just sort of nonstop posting on Instagram. And you know what I mean? She's not thirsty like that. And we've always felt she was also maybe a step above uh, emotionally and all that as well. So, you know, and then I guess Tom's going to use this as another excuse, like her grandma died and then her dog died. And you know what I mean? These are, these are his excuses, I guess, for not telling her that he was having this affair. So here's what I think now. So I was wrong about the Schwartz of it all. I assumed Schwartz I knew know. some of it. I'm starting know. to really think that Raquel was using Schwartz and using Oliver and using these other guys to make Tom Sandoval jealous because mm-hmm. Sandoval, she kept on asking him, like, when are you going to leave Ariana? And he wasn't. And he kept making excuses. But like, if you're the mistress and you're waiting for the guy to leave his wife, like Mm -hmm. eventually you get annoyed. And so I bet she would just start like hooking up with people to get his attention. She never slept with any of them. Um, Did you see the thing that somebody put out to like here in the last couple of hours? Oh, then no. (laughs) Then um, it was. It was a picture that, you know, Raquel had posted on her Instagram, like, mm, you know, peace fingers, you know, whatever, leg forward, you know, her basic pose. And at the end of it, it says it had three emojis. Did you see this? No. So it's a lightning bolt. It's a oh, lightning dear. bolt, a crystal ball, and then like the pink square with the girl in the middle, like it's for the bathroom sign. So lightning bolt, um, crystal ball, Future. girl. Tom's future girl. 
And she that was on her Instagram like from <sighs> several months ago. Yeah. And people are like, what? A piece of trash. So she hasn't turned her Instagram comments off. So people are like, if Tom really cared about her, he'd show her how to do that because he did it for his. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, okay, speaking of people responding, Instagram comments, terrible Yelp reviews, Mm. I was glad that Lisa Vanderpump and Kristen have said, like, don't do that. And Kristen was like, don't do it not to be, like, for Tom Sandoval. Do it for Ariana. Mm-hmm. Like, don't she doesn't want in her name people going after businesses, right? right? She doesn't want any of that done in her name. And it's just people love to be like vigilantes and they just feel like yeah. they're the ones that are the true arbiters of justice and have a moral compass. And their, you know, nasty DMs and you know, comments on Instagram are going to be like, what? What, is, what do you think you're going to do? It's so effing weird to me that fans of the show take time out of their day (laughs) to send negative messages to someone who yes did something horrible like why do you need to be the one to punish them it's so bizarre to me because what it's just like trolls on any social media like if you're just gonna go after somebody on instagram or whatever and then you know andy cohen talks about it all the time that if he ever goes in and like replies to somebody they're like oh i didn't mean that i love you you're so great and it's like okay so you just wanted attention by saying something horrible about me or my kid or whatever and then if i give you attention then you oh i'm so sorry i love you i love all your shows i'm a huge fan like well then why'd you just tell me i was a shitty dad you know like they just want attention. So what they think going there at um, user 423392, Donny at Schwartz and Sandy's, the owners are terrible. Mm, like, what's that going to get you? What's that going to get you? People like get off on being mean. And yeah. because, oh, because so-and-so deserves it. Like, it's right. not up to us to decide who deserves what. And if like, I just feel like it makes more sense to put your energy into something positive, supporting Ariana, supporting causes that she cares about, you know, not going after someone that hurt her. That's not your job. Yeah. It's it's so weird to me. Sorry. So watching the fandom kind of go from like being shocked to then like vitriol and actually feeling like they need to be the ones to knock down Tom and Raquel is, is, is a bit much. Yeah, she's like, I'm getting death threats. Da, da, da. Now, speaking of that, Wait, she who's also getting said death threats. Raquel said she was physically assaulted and she's been getting death threats. I mean, everyone gets death threats these days. It's so right. horrible. Like, it's like, what is wrong with people? <laughs> so, let me ask you this Do you think, because I guess that Sheena's lawyer put out a statement and said she 100% did not punch her in the eye? Oh, now, Sheena's lawyer put out that statement? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was today as well. His name is Nima something, not Nima from um, <laughs> from Shaz. Okay, uh, it's a different Nima. <laughs> I'm this, telling you, this, when I'm at work, <laughs> I miss absolutely everything that happens. Hard. Absolutely hard. everything, unless someone like takes time to message me in mm-hmm. a platform that I actually can see. Like <laughs> I don't know. Like yeah. Do you I need me to, to 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 send you messages at work if something huge happens? Yes. Okay, I will. Um, I'm sorry that <laughs> I, I literally the, wouldn't. This month is just crazy. Normally, I can like keep track of stuff like once a day at lunch or like maybe yeah, in the yeah, afternoon. Yeah. This month has been so hectic that I just miss everything until like five, six, seven p.m. 
Sheena, yeah, Sheena's lawyer put out a statement that was like, in no way, shape, or form did she hit this girl. This girl is a known and admitted liar and cheater. So who are you going to believe? And Saucy said on her podcast, I'm not going to confirm or deny that she hit her. So I think it's more like she got mad. It was like, what the fuck? And pushed her up against a wall or like grabbed her phone. Like I a don't- scuffle. More of a scuffle with the phone, or yeah, she and the phone checked her into like, a wall. I, I don't, yeah. And this black eye that uh, Raquel's been showing pictures of is just a no makeup situation for me. It's a there's a just cut a, near her eye, but again, like for a temporary restraining order, you really have to be in fear, and yeah. that's where it's kind of like, are you messing with the system that you really think that? Are you really living in fear of Sheena? Is Sheena coming to your house? Yeah. yeah, But I think this is so that they have to be separated during the reunion. I think that probably Raquel thought, I'll do that, and then I won't have to go to the reunion. Mm, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I I mean, I feel for Raquel in in this point in time I mean not like for her and her choices that she made but what does she do with her life from here she is so well known as someone who is a liar and a cheater and a homewrecker and just like a terrible person so what do you do like how do you well now you have a career in reality tv as a villain oh it's so now it's like but no one that kind of a villain is like too much of a villain you know, when people take it too far and then it's like not fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's such she is a, a, a baby ad bitch. I mean, she is like a little scared little fawn. So this new Raquel that we've seen this season, that's all woman power standing up for herself. It didn't work out for her. So she's going to have to go back to being a little meek and timid. And it's like, who is she really? You know, which one of these people is she? Right. I don't know. And the whole thing, people are like, these people are concerned that they can't go to Coachella. I'm like, I don't know where that rumor came about. But I don't know where funny. any of this comes from. But like, <laughs> you know, if you're I've been thinking about this a lot, like when someone is at their lowest. Right. And I disagree with the actions. Right. Like yeah. I very much disagreed with Stasi and Christian's Christian's actions. Like, yep. I thought that they deserved like to be taken off the show. I yep. was happy when that happened. But you also like me at least. I don't want them to die. Like I don't want them to kill right. themselves. I'm not. I'm not kidding. People. I don't want their to, business to fail. Like I right, want people like to, I, to make money and live. Yeah. Right. And so at some point, if you're telling people you're horrible, you should die, which is what a lot of these messages. They're terrible messages. Like, what would someone in there that worst case scenario? Like, what do they do? How do you build yourself back up? Like, you need to have a team of people around you. You need to have family, someone who knows you, who can get through to you because they're living in this, like, alternate reality. It's kind of yeah. scary. And, and you know, the whole thing about Raquel hiring this PR team, the same one that helped Erica, well, either, you know, this is the worst PR team in the world, or obviously Erica didn't they listen. They fired just, her. They fired Erica. They fired Raquel. <laughs> she had them for one so, day. Are they the ones that put out the statement? No, a different because, yeah, that was the, the second. The second one, the second team is Erica's team. The first team oh. was Tom Sandoval's team, and then oh. the second team was Erica. She hired Erica Jane's team, okay. which is funny because she, Erica Jane's obviously the worst client in the world. <laughs> she probably didn't do one thing they said, you know. Just um, so yeah, I mean Raquel is playing it like um, I've been a, a 
my whole life. I just, you know, I'm addicted to love and I need to figure out like what it is. I need that I seek this, you know, adoration from men or whatever. I believe um, all that is a problem. It's not an excuse. It's just a problem yeah. that she needs to figure out. Yeah. It's like Kate Casey said, if you have been your whole life on the pageant circuit, then you are pretty hardcore. You know, That's you, true. You do, That's you, a really good point. Yeah. You, you know. You can handle like tough stuff. You can handle rejection. You can handle cutthroat girls. You, yeah, it is. It's she's not some you know Bambi eyed bitch like she. And I love that Christina Kelly was like, "Hey, Katie, I think you're letting Raquel off too easy, and you want to put this all on Sheena, but Raquel's the one that's doing this." Yeah, I love I love the resurgence of Christina Kelly, who's like currently like married and pregnant or whatever. I was like, where, where the hell did she come from? Because she's always been best friends with Saucy and Katie. And all of a sudden, like we've seen, we've been a lot of Christina Kelly. I was like, good. I like it. She's a good voice of reason. She's a good B character. And she's I think they probably ask her to film all the time. And she's just like, oh, I'm busy. Like, I've got a life. I'm selling my lip balms. You know? Yeah, I don't think this is something that's like her top priority, but I do think that Katie was like, I need an actual friend who I can real- trust yep. throughout the filming process because Lala is her friend, but Lala can pop off. Lala can get angry. Lala can get volatile. She needs like a steady person. And yeah. you know, Stassi's going nowhere near the, you know, Mm-mm. anything. She doesn't even watch the show. She doesn't talk about it, post about it. And I think that's really healthy. And I'm. I'm glad for that she's able to create a life outside of that. I liked when she said, you know, if they make a Hulu doc about this, which they seem to make about everybody, Mm -hmm. um, would you be on it? And she's like, they'd have to pay me six figures. Right. (laughs) And I was like, do it. Get her on there. You know, get her on there. It'd be good. I'd like all the old people, the OGs to all come back to weigh in on this. Because I think that, you know, a a lot, you know, you think about Stassi has always hated Sandoval. You know, and yeah. she's like, and I think that's why Ariana never liked me is because I didn't like Sandoval. But, you know, I think she was like, she didn't like me, but okay. But I think it's because it's who her boyfriend was and because I was close with Kristen, you know. Mm-hmm. And now that they're out of that situation, same with Kristen's like, it's been a long time. It's been 10 years. Like we are friends now. Yeah. The whole thing is just, it's just like, it, the more I talk about it, the more I can keep talking about it. You right. Know? There's so yeah. many layers to it, but I just can't help but feel like this could be the end of Vanderpump Rules. I really feel disagree. disagree really? Disagree. I just mm-hmm. how do you move on from this with like, it, yeah, everyone's on one side. And then you've got Tom and Raquel on the other side. And Schwartz has no idea he's flailing. He can't choose a side ever. You know, he rides the fence up his own ass. Like what, what, <laughs> what, what do you have from from here? How do you even film a show? And I don't think these feelings of hatred towards the two of them are going to go away in the time that it will take for them to wrap the season and start the next one. So they film all summer. So they've only got about two, three months till they start filming again. And then I guess the Toms got kicked off a winter house, huh? They did not. Apparently, because Vanderpump Rules kept filming, Uh picked up filming, they couldn't be let go of Vanderpump Rules filming just to do Winter House filming, but they may still do a cameo. I'm excited that Brian from Family Karma is going to be on Winter Uh, House. Me too. They need more Family Karma. I want them to have Monica. Like, I want more people from Family Karma on Winter House. Yeah, get Nirja on there. You remember Nirja? Nirja is the one we never saw that broke the news that Rishi was cheating on Monica. But we oh, never Nirja, saw her. yeah, the girlfriend yes. of Rishi's brother. Yes, yes, uh-huh. yes. 
Yeah, where's she? I um yeah, we love, love, love Family Karma over it's on so Pink Shape. Good. Love. It's and so effing good. I've never watched Winter House, but because Brian Benny is gonna be on there and maybe the two Toms, I'm gonna watch it. I don't know those other people. I don't know what Kyle, I don't know those people. I don't, I don't know any of them. I don't like watching Winter House. Well, it hasn't happened yet, but I don't want to watch it without Luke. It's like, this is his show. He would go, he would like tap trees for maple syrup. Everyone else would be getting shit faced. He'd be like, let's go play hockey. He'd create a hockey rink in the yard. So who's like, Austin and Craig are, have been on it as well? Um, Yes. Craig, because he dates Paige. And he would, they were on it before, actually, before all okay. that happened. And then Austin came back. And did you hear the news about Austin this week? I did. He's I say good hooking for you. up I, with Taylor. Chef's I say, ex. Yeah, I say good for you. I, I mean, I, I don't necessarily. I mean, they always seem to be really close. You always seem to really like her and respect her. Um, but good. I'm glad. I see. I don't care if somebody sticks it to Shep because Shep is so gross. It's more care. about Olivia. She's really close with Olivia, and Austin is Olivia's ex. I don't, I never believed Austin and Olivia were really a thing. I think it was just a showmance. Okay. They didn't, ever, they didn't really seem to have a connection. He didn't seem to like her that much. I think she had fun parents and she was fun. And they were like, <laughs> let's get some of that South Carolina low country accent going in here. That's what I think. I don't, I didn't ever get the feeling that they were like, yeah, but like, you know, Taylor and Shub, that was a real long term relationship. But you could tell Austin felt so bad for Taylor because Shep's so disgusting. I firsthand knowledge of Shep being disgusting at BravoCon. Ooh, yes. What'd he do? Tell me. Oh my gosh. Uh, I think the pictures are on my Instagram. Uh, we went up to him. I went up to him because there's these two blonde girls at the bar that I've been sitting with and they were like, Oh my God, that's Shep over there. And he was like full out his six foot three, like laid out in a booth. Right. And people were trying to get him to sit up and stuff. And um, so I went over and I was like, Hey, um, Shep, you know, I'm like the old lady there, right? So I'm like, hey, Shep, I got these two girls want to meet you. And there was these gorgeous, you know, blonde 20, 30 somethings. He's like, okay. So he gets up, pulls himself out of this booth where he's like drunkenly passed out and puts his arms around him and hugs him and stuff. And I take some pictures. And then he's like, oh, you did. What about you? I go, oh, we have a friend in common. And I was telling him about this guy that owns this surf shop in Baltimore Island where I goes like, oh my God. Yeah, I know him. And I was like, oh, well, let's get a picture. I was doing this because he looked so awful. He was so drunk. He was like hand draped <laughs> around my body and like practically down my shirt. All oh the pictures, he's, all the pictures, he's looking down my shirt, leaning on me, like sweaty, drunk. I mean, he is gross, gross. So I don't mind if his girlfriend hooked up with his friend. Because, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't care. I don't care. She, she dumped him. She can hook up with whoever she wants. And I don't necessarily think Austin and Shep, I think Austin and Craig have a real Friendship. friendship, yes. I don't think either one of them are genuinely friends with Shep. It's just interesting because Taylor is very religious. Mm. Very, very I religious. did not know that. I did not know that. Yes. She is very Christian. And hmm. I don't see how someone like Austin, like maybe she has this whole, I think she forgave so much of what Shep did because mm -hmm. she's a forgiving person, because that's part of her, like, religious beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. Is that we are all sinners, and we are all imperfect, and we're all, like, working at being better. But I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. There's just a lot of behavior that they all do that just doesn't seem really in line with Christianity. So it's like, I'm confused by the whole thing. I mean, Austin has a nice family. So, you know, 
Yeah, but he's like, they're all coked out all the time. They're always yeah. allegedly doing cocaine, like nonstop. Yeah, allegedly. I've heard that as well. Like they um, can't have a good time or do anything where they're not doing cocaine, allegedly. Which Maybe Austin's ready to settle down finally. Maybe he turned his cab light on, to use a Sex in the City reference. And he turned <laughs> his cab light on and Taylor was on the curb and that's who he picked up. We'll you know? see. I really do think... If he actually worked through some stuff, he could be a way better person. But he just refuses. There's certain things in his ba- like past that he just won't work on. And Austin or Shep or both? Austin. Uh-huh. Not Shep. Shep thinks he's too good for everything. He thinks he's smarter than everyone. Yep. But I don't think Austin thinks he's smarter from everyone. I think he just has these like his, you know, sister died when he was young. She yeah. fell off like at Chimney Rock in yeah. outside of Asheville, North Carolina. You know, that watching not just that happen, but also the reaction of his parents to losing Mm -hmm. a child is such, it's so deeply traumatic. Yeah. I feel like there's parts of him that just have never recovered. And Mm -hmm. as coping, Grant, I'm not a psychologist, but like it just (laughs) seems like something that you would constantly need mental health support for if you experienced that as a kid, like that it would resurge as you were older at different times. And I don't think it's, you know, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that someone who's abusing substances regularly is maybe trying to escape something. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. saying he's got a problem. I'm just and saying, also he's been on a know, reality show for a while, which where is you, just you get blunted emotionally. Like you just don't know yeah. what's normal because your friends all hook up with each other, and they all hook up with with each other's girlfriends and boyfriends, and there's no boundaries, and everyone is you know a liar and a cheater, and it, like you don't know who your real friends are. Like it, it really messes with you. And yeah, I what was Austin's job yeah. before he came on this show? It's a good question. Went- I, I remember he. Ca- I feel like when he came on the show, he had a job, but he may have worked for a brewery or like something like a beer distributor. Like yes, and then he like quit, mm-hmm. and then he quit to to make his own beer, Trop Hop. Um. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, Mazel, Mazel to uh, Taylor and Austin. I know. I hope it's just. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like all these people. I. I want to almost like see them work through certain things. Like with therapy, I'm I'm kind of tired of seeing them deal with difficult situations as like emotionally stunted humans. I want to yeah. see them like actually tackle something, you know? Yeah, and Craig and Paige, I don't the only thing I really know about Paige is what I saw, you know, on Southern Charm because I you know I'm not a summer house person. So, um they seem to still be together and fine, so yeah. yeah, they're perfect for each other because they both like <laughs> love being famous. Good. You know? Love it. Yeah. Good. And that's just, and they seem to have like, I don't know, similar values in a weird way. Okay. I don't know. I don't they, know. They, I don't know do anything like, about her. They they look good together. They do. They do. I think yeah. I think this is a good relationship for both of them. It does seem like a good match. I just don't know how entertained I am by watching it. Yeah, I'd like to see uh, Naomi back on the show with with somebody else, not um, Whitney. Uh, what's his name? It's a Whitney. I was trying to say Thurman. That's not his oh my name. God, did I ever Whitney. tell you about the time that I went to a Sonia Morgan event at DC Improv, and my friend and I were seated at a, seated at a table with a mother and daughter, although they were like super young, like the mom was like in her upper forties and the kid was like yeah. twenty one. Yeah. 
the kid went to school in Charleston and mm. was at a bar and her friend was picked up by Whitney and Whitney had them all come back to the house, which he shares with his mom, which is mm-hmm. a very famous house in Charleston. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, she texts her mom and it's like 1 a.m. And her mom is like, watches Southern Charm and she's like, are you very drunk? And she's like, no, not really. She's like, okay, go and take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. she was like searching for like the the dog like Chauncey <laughs> like Patricia was asleep like the whole thing was crazy and she was like how does he even think that girls our age are gonna hook up with him he's literally he was the same age as her dad right I, mean, I believe he's, he's my fi- age or older yeah I think he's your he's my age is maybe 54 or older he might even be older. I don't. He's not as old as Thomas Ravenel, but no, close. No, but it's I will tell you of, something super interesting. Watching yeah. all the Murdoch stuff, which I watched all of it, all of their Low Country accents are exactly like Thomas Ravenel's accent, like Ovidea, like the way they say things. The Rowood, some of the you know, and I, you know, I have a Southern accent too. I'm from Mississippi, but something about that Low Country accent is. It was a little triggering hearing it on the stand and stuff uh, at the Murdoch trial because it's every, everybody sounds like Thomas Ravenel. Everybody. Oh my gosh! I was trying Mayor to explain yeah. the whole Southern, char- like the whole history of Southern charm, to my friends that live in Charleston when I visited them a few weeks ago. And they don't watch reality TV and they don't watch the show. And they finally, one of them was like, "It just sounds like a bunch of like racist wealthy people with like picking up young girls drug and issues mm-hmm. <laughs> with drug issues." Yeah. I was like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. They tried mm-hmm. to like shift it around a little bit and they try and bring on like some people of color on the show, but it is very forced and it's, yeah. Yeah. Benita's out there doing the, uh, the Lord's work. The Lord's trying, work. Trying to, and Leva. Trying to help it. But, and Leva too. Yeah. Benita, Benita though, she's like a real social media influencer. She, I mean, yeah. she's got millions of followers. You, I mean, you follow her and you're like, I want to be her for the day. I mean, her clothes I know. and everything. Yeah. She's actually she, out there killing it. Yeah, no, she's legit. And Lava's like a legit business owner. She owns like a ton of, you know, restaurants and bars in I didn't in watch Charleston. her spinoff. What was it called? Southern... It's called Southern Hospitality. I haven't watched mm-hmm. it either. Um, but people say it's so good. People said it was good. And I know Watch What Crappens covered it. But I just, you know, with everything I've got going on, I didn't have a chance to watch it. And but people said, like, her husband wasn't around. So it was like, are they divorced? Are they separated? Or he just said, I'm, for, I, I don't, filmed one. I'm not doing it anymore. I don't think he's interested in filming. Mm. Like, I don't, I think he thinks this is like her career and he actually like runs the rest, like restaurant stuff too. I don't know. Some of it, huh? Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard that they got divorced, but people are just like, he's never, never on the show. So, like, why? I was like, oh, maybe he did it one time. It was like, all right, that was enough. He yeah. can show our kid, but I don't need to be on it. Yeah, is the, is the kid on the show a lot? Because she was always filming with the kid. And obviously, uh, both parents would have to be okay with the kid filming. Yeah, the kid was on Southern Charm, the little boy. Yeah, but I'm wondering yeah. if the kid was also on Southern Oh, I don't know. I don't. So we're just talking about a show we didn't watch. So but, I don't know. Yeah, I'll wait till I get COVID <laughs> the second time. <laughs> I tried to watch Candy and the Gang when I had COVID and it made me so oh. stupid. I couldn't watch it because I couldn't remember any new people's names. So I had to only watch shows where I already knew the characters because I yeah. legit couldn't like, quote unquote, meet new people yes. while I had COVID brain. <laughs> I get it. Like, I get it. So I've, had COVID, I've, had, I've had COVID twice, but it's not going to get me this year. No. Nope. 
You're going to be COVID-free in 2023. COVID-free in 23. <laughs> Instead of staying home and catching it at Christmas time, we're going on vacation. Nice. That's what we're doing. Yes, well, what, yeah. Mary Payne, thank you so much for being on this podcast and for breaking down and listening to my weird soapbox stuff about everyone being emotionally immature and needing to go to therapy and having mental health issues. This um, is why you're so smart, though. This is why you're so I'm smart. Not. I'm just like, this is unhealthy, people. Yeah. But um, we can't stop watching it. Yes. No, we can't. Tell everyone where they can listen to your podcast, about your Patreon, about your Facebook group, and where they can find you on social media. All that stuff is uh, Instagram and Twitter, which we're never really on, is um, Pink Shade Pod. I, we do a lot of stuff on Instagram and um, doing TikTok, TikTok stuff now, Pink Shade Podcast. You can find it that way. There's a Facebook group. You just search for it, Pink Shade. And then if you want to join our Patreon, we're currently covering over there. We were covering Family Karma. Now we're covering Extreme Sisters and Darcy and Stacey. Because we like to get right in the gutter, and um, I think we're also going to be covering over their brother husband. Just, it just yeah. And uh, I think what we're going to do on the main podcast, we do love after lockup a ninety day, but there's going to be a new ninety day coming, so we got to figure out how to put that in. But I'm really loving these Bravo breakdowns. Mm-hmm. And I did that a while back where we did every Thursday, we did Bravo breakdown where we just sort of did like this, like what you and I did. We just sort of talk about what we're watching and what the latest gossip is. And it's nice because you don't have to prepare much and you can just sort of just talk and free associate with people that speak your language, that Bravo language, you know? <laughs> yes. So, yeah, we're trying to add a little more Bravo in. But, yeah, Pink Shade Bunkies on Patreon, Pink Shade, wherever you get your podcast. And, uh, guys, Mandy, four, four or five episodes back, did a, an emergency episode with me. And, boy, was it good. It's really good. You had You had written typed up notes. Oh, no, I spent my Friday night and Saturday morning going through, like, putting together a timeline of what happened with the Tom Sandoval and Raquel of it all. It was great. It was was great. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We thrive under pressure on a weekend during the week. I know. I was like, oh, this feels just like work to me. I'm just, you know, building the timeline out, making arguments, like putting it all together. bite-sized bits yeah it was great it was great everybody could listen to that yeah so well, thank you for having me Mandy. Yes, thank you so much for being on and always love chatting and seeing you in real life too that's always yeah. fun we're in the same area guys we see each other in person like real people i know wild <laughs> <laughs> okay we will talk soon